baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN, and this is where we hear from the businesses and services available in the Buffalo area. If you'd like to be on the program, send me an email at randy.bushover at entercom.com. Joined by Arthur Pressman, attorney with Arthur Pressman Law, which, ironically enough, works out very well, right? Uh, and we've had you on before a couple times in your specialties, DWIs, traffic violations, criminal defense. Any uh, druthers as to where you'd like to start today's segment? Uh, no, it was uh, nice to be back again, Randy. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, you know, my practice is limited to those uh, areas. Uh, I've been doing this for almost 35 years now, uh, and over 30 of it in the Buffalo area. I started my career down in uh, Miami, Florida in the mid-'80s, uh, practicing criminal defense down there, and uh, moved back to Buffalo in the, the late-'80s and have been working in that field uh, since then. Was there a particular reason you chose those areas of law to pursue? Well, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of lawyers get their start when they are in law school and they are looking for a part-time job and they clerk, we call it clerking, for a law firm. And I just happened to start clerking for a uh, very prominent criminal defense law firm in Miami, Florida. And it was during the heyday of the uh, cocaine cowboys in the mid-1980s. It was a very exciting uh, area to be in at the time, and I just found that I enjoyed uh, doing that kind of work, and I stuck with it. And I, I have a perception that the the job entails a lot of the research. So is, is that true? And is that again what helped you kind of a gain all of the knowledge that helps you in the practice today? Well, you know, criminal law it really depends on the kind of areas that you focus in. I mean, all law requires preparation and research, um, and uh, Obviously, the more sophisticated cases require requires more research and, and more preparation. Um, so every case that comes into my office, we treat as a unique case, and, and, and uh, everyone's facts are always different. So uh, when I look at a case and evaluate a case, I prepare and research it based on your unique facts of the case. So, uh, you know, one thing about law is nothing is ever the same, and uh, that's how we keep ourselves interested by looking for different things that are unique uh, that might stand out that is different from the case before it. And actually, I actually enjoy it because, as in any profession, things can get repetitive. And uh, I'm always looking for something that stands out and is different because it does excite me and it is intellectually stimulating. And uh, it's, uh, it's always more fun. And I hate to use that word in describing a criminal case, but it's, it's more challenging when I can actually sink my teeth into something that's different than the ordinary. And what has uh, specifically changed uh, for all attorneys, not just for, for you with the DWI, traffic violations, criminal defense, et cetera, the notion of advertising. You used to never have to go out there in the media, whether it be uh, print, radio, TV, to get extra business. But is that uh, something now that has helped, or has it just made things more difficult for you? Well, in the old days, we were actually prohibited by our uh, ethics to even advertise at all. I mean, you couldn't do any advertising whatsoever. And over the years, obviously, everyone is advertising, and it's become a much more competitive uh, field. You know, I, I advertise, uh, I like to get my name out there because I think I have something to offer that is unique 
to other lawyers that are, are practicing in my field. Uh, the advertising certainly uh, creates a brand awareness and a brand name for me. But the bottom line is uh, I have to, uh, uh, when I meet with people and talk to them on the phone and meet with them in person, I have to be able to instill some in confidence in them that I can defend them to the best of my abilities and get a good result. And uh, hopefully they uh, come away from the situation uh, in the best possible position. So the advertising is, is certainly uh, very useful for me, but the, in the end of the day, uh, I am really selling my abilities and myself and, and what my firm can do for you that uh, you know, results in a positive outcome to your case. And having said all of that, with a DWI, necessarily, you're getting someone, obviously, after something has occurred. Um, is that best case scenario, or should people have some awareness of what they should or shouldn't do as the incident happens, uh, well, un- if the unfortunate occurrence does happen. Well, obviously, the first thing I, w- I would tell people is, you know, we don't want people drinking and driving because it affects all of us. I mean, you know, I make my living defending people who are, drink- who are drinking and driving, but I would never condone or uh, endorse someone to go out and, and, and drink and drive. So that's obviously you have to be self-aware that you cannot drink and drive. Uh, you know, when they come to me, uh, it's already after the fact. There's a couple of things that people can do um, if they get pulled over and uh, uh, the police begin a, a, a DWI investigation. Uh, you have to be polite. You have to be cooperative. But being cooperative doesn't necessarily mean that you have to uh, perform the tests and physical tests that the police are asking of you. There's nothing wrong with refusing to do certain tests. It doesn't necessarily hurt your interest. It's not going to make the police officer mad. They know that you have a right to refuse to do certain tests. And oftentimes, if someone is intoxicated, um, not performing these tests puts them in a better position when they go to court with their attorney, with someone like me. So, you know, just to break it down in, in general terms, the typical DWI arrest occurs when someone is usually pulled over for a traffic violation, like a speeding ticket or not staying in their lane. And once the police officer begins their investigation and takes you out of the vehicle, uh, they usually will offer you what are called roadside field sobriety tests, and we call those FSTs. Uh, those, are, those are tools that the police use to determine uh, whether or not they believe that you are showing signs of intoxication or impairment by drugs. Uh, and you know, a lot of these we've seen on TV or heard of, like you know, touching your finger to your nose or walking a straight line or saying the alphabet. And these are all tools that they use that have been uh, trained, they've had training to determine whether or not you're intoxicated. Every individual who gets pulled over does not have to co- take those tests. You can refuse those tests, and uh, most people are not aware of that. Most people are aware of that, the fact that you can refuse to take a breath test back at the police station, but you do not have to take those roadside physical tests. And wearing my defense attorney's hat, I would tell people that if you believe you're intoxicated, uh, you should not take those tests. You just be polite and say, I refuse to take those tests. The other thing we just mentioned, I just touched on, was the breath test back at the police station. Uh, Again, if someone is highly intoxicated or you feel you're intoxicated, oftentimes uh, it's best not to take the test. It just depends on the situation. It's not a a black and white area anymore whether you should take the test or not like it used to be maybe 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, Everyone should be aware of that if you refuse to take a, a chemical test in New York State, whether it's a breath test or a blood test or a urine test, that DMV can penalize you if they find that you voluntarily refuse to take the test. And that is a revocation up to 12 months 
for a first offense and a, and a $500 civil penalty. And that's regardless of how you, uh, what the outcome of the case is. So even if you were found not guilty or acquitted in a criminal case, you still can get penalized or sanctioned by DMV for refusing to take a chemical test. So, um, again, it's not black and white. There are, there are so many different variables. If someone were to call me in the middle of the night and ask them whether they should take a test, I need to ask them certain questions to try and determine whether it's the best thing for them to do. Gotcha. It, you're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. We're in conversation with Attorney Arthur Pressman of Arthur Pressman Law. Also, uh, there have been some changes regarding blood alcohol readings, and I guess what, their acquisition or the use? Which Well, it really haven't been changes. I mean, it's right now it's still it's a .08 is the legal limit in New York State. Uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago it was .10. That's a blood alcohol content. Uh, we also have something in New York State which most people are not aware of. It's called drive while impaired by alcohol. That's if you have a blood test uh, concentration of .06 or .07% alcohol in your blood. And that's actually, I think people would be surprised. It doesn't take very many drinks for people to get to the level of a .06. It might, you know, for a woman who doesn't weigh a lot, it could be one and a half drinks to get to a .06. A man, it could be three or four drinks in an hour or less. And you could be legally impaired by alcohol and be arrested and charged. And I do have clients over the years who are charged with what we call low reading tests. But it's, uh, it's still illegal in New York State to drive with uh, uh, blood alcohol content of a .06 or higher. There has been some legislative uh, rumblings about lowering the breath test to a, a .05, but uh, the legislature in New York State has not uh, passed any law yet lowering it from .08 to a .05. I think in Ontario, though, it is, it's a lower number, though. When it comes to driving while Im- ability impaired, and specifically I'm referring to drug use now, well, that where there is no blood alcohol content. So what determination or what factors do they use to make a determination about your abilities there? That's a good question, Randy, because I think a lot of people uh, are not aware that driving while impaired by drugs basically has the same penalties as driving while intoxicated by alcohol. Uh, and you could be impaired by drugs, either using recreational drugs, and the most common one is usually marijuana, but you can also be charged with and convicted of driving while impaired by drugs using a prescription medication that you have legally prescribed for you and that you take every day. Uh, and I ha- what I've come across is uh, clients who are taking a prescription medication that um, it just has a bad effect on them that day, or they've taken too many, or they've mixed it with alcohol, which kind of increases the effect of the impairment. So uh, impaired by drugs, the only difference really in, in uh, between drive while intoxicated and impaired by drugs is that if you were convicted of drive while intoxicated in New York State, even on a first offense, you'd have to install an interlock ignition device in your vehicle to start your car. It's basically it's like a portable breath test device you have to blow into to start your car. If you're convicted of drive while impaired by drugs, you do not have to install it in your vehicle. But the penalties as far as the revocation periods are the same, the fines are the same, and the uh, restrictions on your licenses are the same, whether you're convicted of drive while impaired by alcohol or drugs. And uh, I often uh, address in groups sometimes young adults who are, you know, smoking marijuana is very common. It's not legal yet in New York State, but even if it was legalized, it would be the same as alcohol, that if you're impaired by it and you'd get behind the wheel, uh, you can be uh, charged and convicted of it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not the best idea to get in a vehicle with a burning um, blunt or marijuana uh, uh, cigarette and uh, drive around, and then when the, you get pulled over for running a stop sign, um, you roll down your window. 
first thing the officer is going to smell is that aroma of uh, uh, marijuana coming out of the car, and you're, and you're off to the races there. Another area that uh, we mentioned at the top that you, you help with is uh, those people who have uh, run afoul of traffic violations. So how is it that you can help people who, shall we say, acquire one or two or three? It's a very large uh, part of my practice is uh, defending uh, people that get uh, charged with traffic tickets uh, throughout western New York and actually throughout New York State other than really downstate New York and the New York City area. So I do represent a lot of uh, individuals, especially uh, that are local or, or from Ontario or people that are passing through. I have a lot of Canadian clients, actually, uh, and, and uh, I really enjoy helping them out because uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that if you get points in New York State, New York State uh, has reciprocity, we call it, with around 46 other states, where they'll notify your state DMV or, let's say, in Ontario, uh, if you get points here. So it's important that uh, if someone gets pulled over for any type of traffic ticket to uh, contact me or contact an attorney that's, that uh, focuses or practice on this because the points uh, have a lot of uh, implications as far as uh, points on your license, which could wind up getting you suspended, insurance, and fines. Um, one thing I wanted to, to highlight to you and to the, to the listeners is that uh, over the last couple of years, DMV has been looking back at people's driving histories to 25 years. They didn't used to do that, really. And uh, tickets that you got years ago could affect your license today if you just mail in your ticket and plead guilty. I have people who call me on a regular basis who got a ticket, don't think anything of it, mail it in, plead guilty, and then they get a letter from DMV saying their license is suspended. And the reason is, is that 20 years ago, they may have had two DWIs, they may have had two cell phone violations or a reckless driving, and they pled guilty to a certain type of traffic ticket now, and it suspends their license. So uh, my advice to anyone listening is if you get a traffic ticket, please contact us, and we will defend you. And, uh, and depending on the circumstances, in most cases, we'll be able to save you a trip to court. We will send in all your paperwork for you. And our goal is always to try and get you as few points as possible often times we can get you zero points and, and just a small fine from the court. From what I understand, uh, this phone number will work to get a hold of you, 261-4977? That's correct. Uh, you can call that number. We have someone uh, answering it 24-7 uh, every day of the week. Um, almost all the calls are directed right towards me. I like to speak to people in person, but if I don't pick up, either my secretary or my answering service will. You can also contact us at our website, ArthurPressmanLaw.com. Again, that's ArthurPressmanLaw.com. Or we have a little boutique website. It's called TicketToJustice.com. So either one of those will work, and you can find us. And uh, we have online chat that's live 24-7 as well, and people who have questions, they can uh, uh, have an online chat with someone who's available 24-7. And again, the number for those who uh, would prefer to go that way, 261-4977. Don't want to give short shrift. We spent a lot of time talking DWI traffic violations, but the criminal defense part of what you handle includes drug crimes, domestic violence, fraud, theft, and violent crimes as well. Arthur, good to have you by again. Thank you, Randy. It was a pleasure being here, and uh, have a nice weekend. Arthur Pressman, attorney with Arthur Pressman Law, and this is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930, WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.